Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. It's, uh, it's always a, a privilege and a blessing to be able to gather together. Amen. In such a place, such a venue, um, and the freedom that we have. Um, I know what uh, we don't purposely take it for granted, but um, I know that we, kn- we all know that there's places in the world where this cannot happen. And uh, how too often we can easily forget about that. And we truly are blessed to be here. And we don't want to uh, take, uh, take it for granted. Amen. So as we are staying, we can go to the word of the Lord tonight. The book of Daniel, the first chapter. Uh, Daniel 1, we'll start reading uh, through verse 8. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Lord gave unto Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, and he, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. The king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed uh, of the princes, Children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored, skillful all wisdom, cunning and knowledge, understanding, science, and such had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace, in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Unto the prince of the eunuchs gave the names that he gave to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Uh, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Amen. We know this uh, familiar passage, and we're uh, using this to launch into part four tonight of uh, living in the last days. Uh, Turn to a few people, greet them as you are seated this evening. Amen. We've been uh, talking about, uh, you know, the signs of the times and looking back into other uh, examples and parts of Scripture where uh, we can kind of identify similarities where we are today. And uh, it it may feel new to us, but we know that uh, there are no no new things under the sun, that everything has, uh, has happened before at some point in some form or fashion. Uh, thousands of years ago, the world's the world was uh, like where we're at nowadays. Uh, and again, it's new to us, and we can uh, it can be a little bit disheartening to look around and see what is happening. But uh, we understand that uh, the devil is not new; that he has been around for before we have been around, and he's been uh, actively trying to implement his plan and his scheming. Uh, throughout all of human history, uh, and so this is not a new trick in the devil's book. It's actually an old trick. 
Uh, and the thing about uh, tricks is that once you've seen it and you've understand it before, you can easily recognize it again. Well, uh, God knowing all things, uh, he's obviously seen all this before. Uh, the devil's obviously uh, used many of the same tactics he's using now in today's world. He's already uh, used those cards and played those tricks before in humankind. Uh, and so... Uh, while they seem to be new to us, we know that God has seen this before and God knows the end from the beginning. Uh, and this is not new in the eyes of God and he, exact, he knows exactly what is going to happen. And what is going to happen is his will is going to be done. Uh, while it may seem like the devil's winning and his will is being accomplished, we know that ultimately God's will will prevail and it is God's kingdom that is going to come to this earth and, and rule and reign in majesty and righteousness and that is what we are looking forward to. Uh, but sadly, a lot of these things have to take place to get us to that destination uh, for those things to happen and, and being in the last days uh, we have the guidebook, the, 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 the roadmap spelled out in, in, in Revelation of, of how it's going to play out. And it's not a pretty picture, uh, but we know that it does not end with uh, the one world government and the Antichrist and ruling. While they do have their short time of power, we know that it does not end there because we've been talking about how Babylon the Great has fallen and fallen and uh, looking into that in the first few parts of our series. Um, and so even in the midst of that, there are believers, as we heard the voice from heaven saying, come out from among them, my people, uh, and don't partake in their uh, judgments that are getting ready to happen. And so uh, while it, it may turn dark for a while, we know that uh, joy comes in the morning and that the, it's not going to end in darkness, but it's going to end with Jesus Christ, the light of the world, coming to this world with his heavenly hosts and his army of angels following after him. Uh, amen. And he's going to come and he's going to put his foot down on the Mount of Olives and it's going to split in half. And, and we know the world is going to see him coming. And once he comes, he's going to take control and take charge of this world. And he's going to wipe out all the enemies enemies of God and the people and enemies of the people of God and Jesus is going to rule this world like no one ever has before amen and that is going to be the time uh, of our lives and that we know is coming soon and very soon and so uh, we can easily easily get caught up and distracted by uh, an event cycle that happens this week or today or last week or a couple of days ago it, uh, and, and we can easily dive into that and let that run rampant in our minds. Uh, but uh, while we do that, we forget about the return of Jesus and all that's going to happen. Uh, and so we can get dismayed and discouraged by this week's news cycle and can get drain our faith a little bit. But we have to remind ourselves and keep in the forefront of our minds how this actually is going to play out in the end. Yeah, in the short term, it may not look promising, but in the final, the long run, uh, the long term, it's going to work out great for the people of God. And I'm blessed to be a part of the kingdom of God that is coming to this earth Amen. And we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Amen. And so uh, we, we, we see, um, uh, have, have you ever found yourself in a place where you thought that you, 
I don't deserve to be here. Um, now, I, I know that all the residents in the county jail have said that, and they feel that. Uh, and they believe it with all their heart that I, you know, I'm, I don't deserve to be here. Uh, but you know what amazes me? When they finally, if they finally do get out, a lot of them actually end up finding themselves back in there again. Uh, you know, uh, unjustly put back in there for the second time or the 40th time. Uh, they're just such an, an unlucky person that they're always in there. They're always innocent and they find themselves in there again. Uh, and so um, being in a place where you feel like you don't deserve to be in. Because you didn't do whatever was done or, or somehow you just found yourself in, in such a, an environment or a place. Uh, think about how you felt when the thoughts are going through your mind or, or how upset you were. Or maybe how unfair the situation was. And uh, one thing that I've learned is that it really doesn't matter how, uh, how you got there. What matters is how you're going to act while you are there. Because we can easily end up in, the, in, a, in a wrong situation. Or we didn't deserve to be here. We didn't do anything. We just kind of found ourselves in that place. And, uh, but that doesn't matter as much as how you conduct yourself while you're there. Uh, because that usually is going to determine if you're going to stay there, if you're going to get out of that place. Uh, whether you got into it or not. Uh, we can whine and complain how we shouldn't be here, uh, or we can focus on acting right and doing right and, and following the voice of God, and he's going to lead us uh, out of that situation because it's probably a temporary place, uh, a testing ground or a wilderness or whatever it may be. Uh, and so it, it may not matter how you got there, but uh, it, better, it, it is important how you act while you're in there. And so with the Holy Ghost, it's no time to lose it in there and leave it somewhere else because you're going to need the Holy Ghost more than ever before. Uh, and so we got to make sure we are acting and behaving like a born-again believer uh, in whatever situation we find ourselves in. And as unfair as it may be, the truth is crying and complaining really isn't going to help very much because everybody does that, right? Uh, we, we should be... Uh, act a little bit different if we have something that they don't have. If we have the Holy Ghost and somebody else doesn't, we sh there should be a clear black and white difference, right? At least that's what I think, that if we have that Holy Ghost and we're in the same spot as somebody else, uh, our conduct, our manner, our, our words, our attitude should be drastically different than somebody who does not have the Holy Ghost who also found themselves in that situation. Uh, and so... We can all sit around and compare stories and, and swap lies or exaggerations about how bad it was or how unfair it was. But the truth is, uh, no matter how bad it was or how unfairly treated you were or how you didn't deserve to be in such a condition or place, the truth is that there's always somebody else out there who has it worse than you. We, uh, I know, we, we, we give ourselves the gold medal for how bad things are. We've won. There's nobody else worse than my condition. Uh, but the truth is, is that there's always somebody else out there who has it worse than us. And again, if we get the attention off ourselves, we can realize that 
uh, there's somebody else that has it worse, and, and we, are, uh, we are truly are a blessed uh, individual. Uh, and so uh, people can get really mad or upset about their situation or, or what happened to somebody they know. Um, you know, they can start up campaigns and protests and rallies and marches, and they've all been started due to uh, people's feelings about a situation or an injustice or an, an, an inequality or discrimination or unfairness, and obviously it happens. And uh, where where uh, we're not perfect, people make mistakes. They don't they don't act right in in certain conditions. And there's no we we can't uh, we we don't uh, condone those things. We got to understand that those things happen, uh, and so. Uh, we have to do what is right on our part and to try to live peaceably with all men and to try to work things out and to reconcile uh, as best as we can. Uh, and so we know things can get unfair, but the, the question is, is, is how unfair was Calvary? How unfair was Calvary? An innocent man is killed when everyone else is sinned. The only, er, the only innocent person is actually killed and crucified. Talk about unfair. If we want to talk about being unfair, uh, you know, we should just swap, swap places with Jesus and then it would be fair. Right? Then our, our problems don't seem to be as bad anymore, right? Oh, it's, yeah, things are unfair. Okay, let's go to the cross then and we'll, just, we'll take care of it then. And then, then everything's settled, right? Because really, ultimately, that's where we belong, Right? Uh, but Jesus, the innocent Lamb of God, took our place on the cross. He died for the sins of mankind. Uh, and so as bad as situations that you and I find ourselves in or know, or know of somebody that has happened to, um, how bad was Jesus' situation? How much did he did not deserve that? And yet God's innocent, spotless Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world he didn't deserve to be hung on a cross. Uh, it was your sins and my sins that we should have been there. And yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so in all fairness, you and I uh, know where we deserve to be. And that is not above the ground, but beneath the ground. Uh, and so thanks to God and His grace and mercy and his everlasting love towards you and me and all of humanity that he made a way of escape. He way, made a way that we can reconcile ourselves and our spirit with Almighty God. And that gives us something uh, to, live, to live for, something to look forward to, something to find hope in. Uh, and something that you and I, we don't deserve, that is everlasting life. That's, if we want to be fair, we don't deserve that. That's, that's fairness, really. Uh, but uh, thankfully, God's love, nothing can separate us from his love. And he makes a way, and he's gracious and merciful. Uh, and so uh, we have to keep reminding ourselves, yeah, we may be in a place that we don't like or we don't deserve to be here, but uh, just surrender to God, and he's going he's gonna to work things out. Uh, and so the next time... Uh, we we want find ourselves in a place. Just remind ourselves, Jesus was in a much worse place, and he definitely did not deserve to be there. Uh, and so, uh, we uh, we we know that uh, not everyone finds 
finds themselves in the best situation, especially when generally, truly, you don't deserve to be there and, and something bad is happening or persecuted or discriminated against. And, and obviously, uh, we, uh, we, we know that happens. But the, the person in our text tonight, Daniel, he found himself in a place where he didn't deserve to be. It's in Babylon. Uh, from what we can pull from Scripture and, and the, the type of man that Daniel was, um, I don't think that he, he became deeply religious once he got to Babylon. I think that he was already deeply devoted follower of Yahweh and of his laws and of his commandments while he was living in Jerusalem. Uh, and so he just didn't, you know, get, get, get baptized on the way over there and got, get the, on the way to uh, have a road to Damascus experience on the way to Babylon. But uh, Daniel was already a believer and faithful to uh, God and his laws. And so uh, why is it then? If Daniel was being righteous and living for God, why is it then that now, all of a sudden, now he is uh, taken captive, dragging, drug, drug across the desert uh, as a prisoner, as a slave, and now he is slave in some other country? If anybody doesn't deserve it, you would think Daniel doesn't deserve it. Living righteously, living his best, doing it, doing, being faithful to God and, and trying to, to do right, living right in Jerusalem. And, and that while everyone else around you is not living right and they're sinning and, and committing sins and idolatry and all these things, bringing in the judgment of God, there are still righteous people that are living for God inside Jerusalem. And say, it comes to find out that those righteous people are carried off as prisoners. And so Daniel could have easily said, man, I don't deserve to be here. Why, why did I get taken? Why am I a slave now? Why I had freedom back at home and I was living for God and, and being faithful to him and doing all these things. And, and here I find myself being a, a captive and drug off uh, to Babylon uh, to live there the rest of my days there. Uh, and so people can easily, Daniel easily could have got upset with God. And that could have been the end of the story. We never would have found out about Daniel had he got upset with God. But the character that we can see in Daniel, he, he, he knew that this, was, this shouldn't happen to him, that it was probably a, it was an unjust situation. If he's living right and everyone else is, they should have been carried off and, 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 and become captives and slaves and not me. I'm living faithfully for you, God, and why is it that I find myself in such a dark place? And so where we can easily identify ourselves uh, and connect our situations with, with Daniel is we can easily look around the world, uh, our world around, look around our country, look around America, and we can see sin just running rampant everywhere. Uh, and, and, and sin is... And, is not is being paraded and celebrated and uh, the things that are good are being uh, treated as evil and things that are evil are being treated as good and things are flipped around and and it, the, the 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 man or woman of God today can easily get upset with God what is going on 
And God forbid any type of persecution comes against the people of God in, in such these last days uh, where, uh, where we're the ones that are living right for God. And so why are, the, why are we being persecuted? Why, why are we find ourselves in a bad place or a bad situation? Or we can easily look ahead at, at, at the, uh, the forecast of this world and of America. And, and to be honest, it, it's, it just looks dark. You know, you look ahead and you try to see, like, where, where's the light at? I mean, I, you know, I'm trying to see the light, you know. I can't really see the light, but that doesn't mean the light is not there. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean God is not at work there. Uh, and so some things are, are remain hidden until we find ourselves. Or why can we not see the light ahead of us? Maybe because we're going to be the light in that dark place ahead. We don't know what God is laying out in store. But we got to make sure we are acting right and accordingly, uh, according to the scriptures and following the spirit. Because you never know, we may unfairly in, uh, end up in some place and end up in some Babylon on place somewhere and we can cry and complain God I've been faithful all my life and I don't deserve to be in such a prison or such a place uh, as Daniel was but uh, maybe we are to be that light in that place wherever God is going to lead us and guide us we may not be able to see any light up ahead because maybe we are to be that light up ahead in that in that jail cell or that situation uh, or when, when when the enemy surrounds us and where there's darkness all around God is going to be a light unto us, uh, and so uh, as much as we want to see everything played out in front of us, um, God does not permit that all the way, all the time, and most of the time he doesn't because it would mess up how we're acting today. As much as we want to see what the plans are for tomorrow, if we're able to see that, then we, would, we wouldn't probably do anything today, Right? The future is going to impact today if we if we know what's going on today. And the same thing with the past. We can hold on to the past, uh, and if we hold on to that, it's going to uh, affect how we're acting today. And so we're not living in the moment today because we're stuck in the past or we're worrying about the future. Uh, and so we become worthless today uh, because we're not in today. We're in yesterday or tomorrow. Uh, and so... Uh, looking ahead, you can easily see the darkness uh, encamping and uh, closing in around everything. And uh, we don't know where the light is. We know the promises of God about, you know, a, a latter rain. And there's going to be a, a mighty revival and outpouring of God's spirit. And uh, as much as we, uh, we want to see that ahead, many times we can't see that uh, because God needs us here in the moment just to live faithfully now. Uh, and so... Uh, Daniel, uh, on his way to Babylon, he can say, this is not looking good, and yet I don't deserve to be here. And, and another man that we all know the story about is a man named Joseph. If anybody who did not deserve to be where he was, it was him. Uh, but again, going back to, to doesn't matter how you ended up there, you got to make sure you're living right and, and how you are acting and conducting yourselves uh, in that situation, because it, it can either promote you or, 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 or take you out. Uh, Joseph acted uh, uh, righteously and uprightly in, in any situation he found himself in. And because of that, he kept, God kept promoting him. Uh, sometimes God promote, God's promotion feels like a demotion. You're kind of going down in the, 
in the dungeons and prisons and stuff, but uh, it's through there that God exalts you, uh, and, and the, end, the end is better than the beginning. Uh, but so many times and so many pitfalls and potholes along the way, we can easily get disgruntled saying, God, I don't deserve this. I, I've been living faithfully, and I've been going to church and, and doing all these things. I don't deserve uh, where I am today. And if we get a hold of that, then uh, that opens the door to all kinds of other things. Just making sure we act and write wherever we are. Uh, and so uh, Daniel is being drug away from his home to be a captive in Babylon. Uh, Babylon is said to have been the largest city in the world at that time. Some estimates are over 200,000 people, citizens there in Babylon, the center of the world back then. Uh, and it obviously, it, it doesn't exist today, uh, Babylon, but its ruins have been found. It's uh, about 50 miles south of Baghdad, where all the uh, action is over there in the Middle East. Uh, and so... It was the city of its time, and it has been said that King Nebuchadnezzar built one of the seven wonders of the world at that time, that Babylon was the place to be, or the place to visit back then. And so it was called the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. It's such a, a lush, beautiful landscape and, and surroundings that uh, they have uh, only have pictures to, to describe uh, and so there's no doubt that Babylon was a beautiful city, but it was full of wickedness and idol worship. It wasn't, it wasn't a safe place for uh, a Jew, um, a, a one God believing uh, uh, Hebrew, uh, son of, uh, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It wasn't a, a safe place because none of, they, didn't, they didn't worship Yahweh over there in Babylon. They had many other gods that they were worshiping. And so... Uh, a city that was living in darkness with no desire or concern for the truth and the one true God. And so um, uh, they didn't concern, concern about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac or Jacob, because it was God who called Abram out of that same area, Babylon and the Ur of the Chaldees, Shinar, the plains of Shinar. Uh, that's where Abraham came out of. Um, and... Uh, uh, God called him out of that place to, to build a kingdom and a, a people uh, through him. And so uh, it's uh, interesting that centuries later, um, we find a, a seed of Abraham is now they're all they're back where Abraham kind of first started, back in that area. Uh, and so, um, but they were there obviously not on their own uh Desires, but they were being captives, and uh, that was their new place. And so uh, Jerusalem and Judah was conquered because they did not listen to Jeremiah's warnings that the judgment of God was coming, and they didn't turn from their ways and turn back to God, then uh, they uh, would face the wrath of, of, of God's judgment. And so um, we know that the enemy may be uh, powerful, and it looks like the enemy may be having full reign uh, in the world today as they did back then, uh, but we have to remember that the enemy, as, as strong and as powerful as we may think he is, he is not greater than our God. 
that he has to go to our God for permission to do what he wants to do because ultimately God is in control. As we see that with, with Job, the, story, the situation with Job, that Satan had to come and ask permission in order to do what he wanted to do to, to Job. And, and God could either say yes or no. And when he did say yes, he said there's provisions. You can't do this and this and this. And so even the devil nowadays, the evil that is happening nowadays, God knows about it. And, and God has to allow it to happen because ultimately there is no one greater than our God. And so we we don't need to be afraid or fearful of the enemy and how powerful, how big his bite may be. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is more powerful. And the enemy has to ask permission from our God in order to do what they want to do. And so in order for Nebuchadnezzar to come and conquer Jerusalem, the city of God, he had to get permission from God. Uh, and so God allowed it to happen. He gave it over to Nebuchadnezzar, and and then Daniel and his friends, the righteous people, are taken captive, and they're they're going on to uh, the dark place, the 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 seat of Satan, the dark the dark place of the world, Babylon. Uh, and again, uh, we know that they don't deserve to be there, living righteously. They don't deserve to be there. Uh, and so uh, you can easily have many questions going through your mind at uh, uh, an impasse like that. Uh, where is where's my God at? Where's what's going on? Where are you, Lord? Why why is this happening? Why are there chains on me? Why am I being drug away? I don't deserve this. And uh, we can easily uh, open the door for bitterness and anger towards God, which we know would make things worse. Um, many times when we're acting or reacting emotionally uh we're not thinking clearly and we maybe do or say things that we probably wouldn't normally do in our right mind and so uh we gotta make sure that we compose ourselves in in all situations especially in an unfair and unjust situation uh where we feel like we don't deserve to be in and so uh they can uh daniel could have easily got mad with god and we never would have probably heard from Daniel again. Uh, and so, but we understand that God is still in control, even it feels like if we're being led off into a, a, a dark place where we don't deserve to be, we have to remember that God is still in control. Um, and we see that Psalm 75, 7, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. It's God who's in control. It's God who's doing his will and his way. And even though uh, we, we may not like the king, we may not like who's in charge or the, the powers to be, uh, we may find ourselves in a world that we did not approve of, that we, don't, we didn't vote for this kind of world or this situation or these laws or these plans or, or uh, we, we don't uh, feel like we should be here. Uh, we have to understand that ultimately God is in control. And we may find ourselves one day in places that we don't like or we don't deserve to be in, but it, it's not our will that is to be done. It's God's will that is to be done. Obviously, our will, we would, not, we would make sure that we're not in that situation. Daniel's will would have said, hey, I'm not going to Babylon. I don't want to go there. My home is here. 
Uh, and so we have to remember ultimately that it's not our will that is being done, but God's will. And he can see so much further ahead than we can. And so sometimes God's will is for his people to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But we, are, we understand that he's not going to leave us or forsake us in those times. That he's going to be right there with us as he was with Daniel and, and everybody else in the Bible. And so there's clear tons of examples of why uh, we go through things we just have to remember the main uh, purpose behind it all, and it's, it's not about us. It's about God. And, and so, uh, obviously, Jesus uh, is in control, but even still, sometimes we have to submit ourselves to the higher powers, as Romans talks about. Uh, there's no power but of God, the powers that are that be are ordained of God, and so even when we may not like those powers, uh, we have to make sure we're submitted to God. Uh, even Jesus had to submit to the powers of the day, and by doing that, ultimately meant he was going to be crucified. Uh, we, the the awesome one of my favorite uh, encounters is in in. Uh, uh, John chapter 18, when they come to arrest Jesus, they ask, uh, who is Jesus? And Jesus says, I am he. And whenever he said that, everyone fell to the ground under the power of the voice of God. And those brave souls uh, got up and they said, okay, who's going who's gonna to put the cuffs on him? And I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be volunteering for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sticking around. If, if Jesus says those words and I'm thrown to the ground by some uh, higher power of force uh, that just knocked me down, uh, you know, I'm out of there. This isn't, gonna, this isn't a good situation because that's never happened before. But even Jesus exercising a little bit of his power right then and there, and if that wasn't good enough, he could have called legions of angels to come and just wipe out the whole earth. Uh, but even Jesus submitted to the powers to be, and ultimately uh, that led him to the path of the cross and Calvary, uh, again, a place that he did not deserve to be. Uh, and so we can't let our circumstances steal our faith. Uh, we've got to realize that God is in control at all times, no matter how fair it may be. We can't let the enemy get the best of us. Uh, and our faith is in God, and our faith is, tells us that God is in control. Uh, and so we need to believe that God is going to make a way uh, where there seems to be no way. And ultimately, whatever we're going to go through is for God's glory. It's not for our glory, because our glory would be we would not be in this place. But somehow, some situation through us... Somehow God's name is going to get glory. And that may mean our name is getting tarnished. But we can't, we can't get, up, get personal and, and selfish about it. It's not about us. It's about God. If we find ourselves being persecuted, trust me, it's not because of who you are or, 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 or what you've done. Most likely, this type of persecution is going to be because of your faith in Jesus Christ. So really the persecution is about Jesus, not you. You're just kind of stuck in the way. Uh, and so uh, we got to, for, for Daniel and his friends, they were 
uh, in Babylon, um, and, and you can't go to Babylon and um, blend in with their culture and their lifestyle um, uh, because you don't want to uh, you want to face any more torment or thing that you you're just selling out then because you're compromising in your faith uh, because uh, you don't want to face any more hardship and so you have to if you're if you're being dragged off the Babylon for your faith you might as well hold on your faith to your to your last dying breath because once you're taken to Babylon that's what they are trying to remove from you is your faith and so if you give them your faith and they win and you you lose you double lose uh, because you become a captive in an unfair place, and then you give them your faith, and then you lose out again. Uh, so if you're being persecuted for your faith, that's the thing you better hold on to, hold on to, to your, your, your last heartbeat, because that's what's got you there. But ultimately, we know that that is what's going to get you out of there. Uh, we know that uh, we see in the scriptures in Revelation, uh, those that overcame Satan and the devil, how did they overcame them? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They didn't have some kind of supernatural, some kind of special weapon that they defeated the enemy with. No, they defeated the enemy with the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They held on to their testimony until the very end. And the Bible says, even though that they were slain for their faith, the Bible records them as defeating the enemy. We would say that the enemy defeated them. The enemy killed them. The enemy uh, martyred them. Uh, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they overcame the enemy because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so if we hold on to our faith, that is going to give us victory over the enemy no matter what the situation may be, no matter how, the, how it may look. The Bible says our faith is going to get us uh, victory no matter what. And so even though the newspapers we will say, well, they, they were killed, we got rid of those uh, uh, crazy, radical uh, Christians. We, we got rid of those. We won. We got them. And even we see with the two witnesses in Revelation how they killed them, and all the world celebrates. Uh, and they thought they were win. But what happened? Uh, God raised them up three and a half days later. Uh, amen. And there, that, that, uh, again, their faith... Uh, got them the victory. And so uh, we can't let go of our faith because that is our way out. That is our way into eternity with God uh, because without faith is impossible to, to please him. And so if we're going to be persecuted for our faith, we better hold on to that for everything because that is your key out of there. Your key into eternity with Jesus is your faith, and we cannot compromise along the way. Uh, because then uh, we ultimately lose out. Uh, and so uh, we know that um, we have to make up our mind that we're going to hold on to our faith in our Holy Ghost, even if we find ourselves dragged off into Babylon like Daniel was. He held on to his faith, and you know the end of the story. His faith is what got him out of there. His faith got him out of the lion's den. His faith got him 
to be to be promoted and be become one of the uh, a place of favor and a place of honor in Babylon is, was his faith. He didn't compromise one bit. We see we're introduced uh, even just a simple uh, the the king's meat and in the in the, the drink wine and drink. He said, "I'm not compromising. If I'm here because of my faith, I, I I'm just saying no right off the bat." You're going to kill me now or kill me later. It's my faith that I'm holding on to. Uh, and so he would not compromise uh, uh, any of that. And ultimately, his, God used that faith to catapult him uh, to uh, a place of prominence and power. Uh, and so uh, looking ahead in the dark world, uh, we're going to be the, a bearer of light wherever we go. We can't let the enemy uh, put out our light or diminish our flame. We've got to let that turn up the heat, turn up the flame even brighter than ever before because that is our faith and that is our way of escape and our way out is our faith. Amen. So musicians, if you would come. And, and so what is interesting to see is that we see that Daniel being carried off into Babylon? We're gonna say that's unfair. Poor guy, shouldn't that shouldn't be him? Should be should be somebody else. Be a prisoner. Uh, but actually, Daniel's actually fulfilling prophecy, whether he realized it or not. Uh, a prophecy that uh, the Lord gave to Jeremiah. Um, and so we see Jeremiah 24, the Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of fig were set before the temple of the Lord. After that, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive uh, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah with the carpenter smiths from Jerusalem and had brought them to Babylon. One basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe. And the other basket had very naughty figs, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. Then said the Lord unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, the good figs, the very good, the evil, and the very evil. They cannot be eaten. They are so evil. And the Lord, word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them, that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. So, we're thinking it's a bad thing to go to Babylon, being a slave and being a captive in some other place. We think it's a bad thing. Our perspective is this, this is unfair. This shouldn't be happening. I'm a good person. I'm living right. But here, God is showing Jeremiah that actually the good, the good figs, the good people that are still there, they are act, those are the ones that are chosen to be taken captive to Babylon. And God says it is going to be for their good. Now, how to put that together? I would think for my good is to stay home uh, where things are good. But apparently, God is seeing something else. And those that are faithful and those that are righteous that are in Jerusalem living for God, God has marked them, those are the good figs, and I'm going to send them off to Babylon for their good. 
uh, verse 6, For I will set mine eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up. And so here, uh, those people that are good, that are being sent away, God says, I'm going to put my eyes on those that are good. Now, if there's anything that you want in your life is you want the eyes of God on you and following you wherever you are going because that's, that's what we're looking for. I want the eyes of God watching me, watching over me, uh, making sure everything is laid out and, and doors are opening and favor is given out and mercy and grace. That's what happens when the eyes of God are upon his people. And here we see that the eyes of the Lord are going to be upon the good figs, the good ones that are actually sent away as slaves I will give them an heart to know me that I am the Lord and they shall be my people and I will be their God for they shall return unto me with their whole heart it doesn't sound like they lose out at all the only thing that's changed is they're in Babylon but if, if, if God can keep his hand upon me now, he can keep his hand upon me wherever I go. In Babylon, the favor of God is still there. Why? Because God's in charge of the whole world. God is the, the judge. Uh, and so because I'm in a different situation where I can say, this is not fair, God, we've got to remind ourselves that uh, God's eyes are upon us, and he's still in control no matter where we are. And he says, verse 8, as for the evil figs, which cannot be eaten, they are so evil. Surely thus saith the Lord, so will I give Zedekiah the king of Judah and his princes and the residue of Jerusalem that remain in this land and them that dwell in the land of Egypt. Okay, so those people that didn't want to go remain in the land. We would thank God, I want to stay here, you send the bad people out. But this is not what God sees. This is not what his plan is. His plan is, apparently, the good people are sent out to captivity. The bad people are staying. Verse 9, I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt. To be a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse in all places whither I shall drive them. And I will send the sword, the famine, the pestilence among them till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. It's amazing how perspective changes once you get God involved. Because it, had we not known about this, what he told Jeremiah, we would be protesting, we would be marching, saying, God, I'm staying here. Keep me here in Jerusalem. Send them away. I'm the good person. I've been righteous. I've been faithful. Uh, but that's why we got to make sure it's not our will that we're fighting for, but it's God's will because God's will is saying, hey, I'm gathering all the good people up and I'm going to send them out. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to keep my eye on them and I'm going to make sure they're prosper and I'm going to bring them back unto me and they're going to find me with their whole heart. Meanwhile, I'm keeping all the evil people here and I'm going to deal with them. I'll scatter them around and they'll, they'll all die off and I'll send the sword after them. Meanwhile, I'm sending the favor and the mercy of God after the good people. Uh, and so uh, being dragged off to Babylon doesn't sound like a bad thing now. So now with our, our dismal pers 
perspective of, of the future that we're in. We don't, all we can see is darkness ahead. All we can see is, 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 is evil abounding. Uh, what if we change our perspective and saying, even though I can't, it looks bad to me, I know that God's eye is going to be upon me. Wherever I find myself, whatever happens tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, if it's a bad thing or if it's a, I find myself in a place where I shouldn't, I don't deserve to be, that's okay because I'm remaining faithful to God and I know His eye is going to be upon me. And ultimately, at the end of the day, He's going to bring me back with Him. Uh, he's going to be, I'm going to be with Jesus at the end of the day. And so, what seems to be so dark and dreary uh, and dreary and, and, and bad, uh, we have to realize that God can turn things around and we can be the light in that dark place and God ultimately, is wi His will is going to be done, even though in our perspective, uh, it doesn't seem like it's working, it seems like it's working backwards. But in the eyes of God, God's plan is being done. If you stand with me today. Jeremiah 29 says, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the, re unto the residue of the elders, which were carried away captives in the priests to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem uh, to Babylon. And so now here we got words of comfort. Jeremiah sending word to the good people sending a message to those that are carried away captive. He's, he, he's not sending this message to those evil figs that are left behind, but those that have been ca caught up and carried away. Uh, the, the message goes to them. Uh, verse 4, uh, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon, Build ye houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And so the word of the Lord for those people was you keep on living your life the way that you know how. You keep on being faithful, waking up every day, being faithful and doing what is right. And, and as much as we look ahead and we want to say, man, I don't know, I just want to clamp down and hunker down. I don't want to do anything more. No, the word of the Lord that was given to them said, you keep on living your life. You don't worry about it. God's in control. God sees you where you're at. His eyes are upon you. Uh, and so when you get there to Babylon, uh, get settled in. Don't get too comfortable because you're going to be coming home soon. I'm going to be bringing you back soon. Uh, just live your lives faithful uh, and, and make friends and be a witness unto me. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. And so it seems like another twist in God's plan for Daniel and the, all the people that were unfairly taken away. 
that God wants his people there. And while, he, while they are there, he wants them to pray for the city. Because if you're in Jerusalem, you're not going to be praying for, for Babylon. You don't care about Babylon. Right? We're in Jerusalem. I mean, this is, this is the city of God. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. But here, now that they are carried away, now that they are living in Babylon, living in the evil day, living in the evil city, God says to them, says, pray for the city while you're there. Live your lives, be faithful, uh, and pray for the city. Pray for the peace of it, because in the peace you shall have peace. And so uh, he, God has sent you there to pray for it, to pray for the city, to, to pray for the king, to pray for the leaders, and to pray for your neighbors, and pray for the peace in Babylon while you are there, uh, because in the midst of that, in, in the midst of there, you're going to find peace. Uh, and that peace is coming from the presence of God. Uh, and so wherever we find ourselves, God still wants us to be praying while we're there. God still wants us to be praying for the people around us and praying for our leaders and, and praying for our country. Uh, because in the peace of us city, uh, of our country, it is where we find peace in our soul. So no matter where we find ourselves, uh, God's going to have his presence there. He's going to have his people there. He's going to be watching over his people. And so as dark as it may seem, there's still a light in the last days. There's still a light in the midst of the darkness. And that is the people of God themselves. We are a light to the world. Amen. And so wherever we are, wherever we go, we got to keep living for God. Keep our fire burning. Keep our faith alive. Keep on praying. Keep on believing that God's will is going to be done no matter what, how it plays out. Ultimately, God is in control, and we, so, we submit to Him. He is in charge, and He is the Almighty God. And so in the end, we're not going to be defeated. In the end, we're going to be victorious because we're going to be with Jesus in the final days, in the last days, ruling and reigning with him. And so it cannot be that bad because it ends in a good note. I'm thankful to serve a God who knows the end from the beginning, that he knows the way that we take. And, and sometimes we may not be able to feel him or find him, but we know that he knows where we are. His eyes are upon his people. Aren't you thankful for his hand? Aren't you thankful for the promises and the protections of God, the provision of God? Amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight as we sing, as we close out tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your promises. You'll always be there with us. You'll never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. We keep 